Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Susan Collins, who is the founder of the Network Concierge and a career growth coach. Susan, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. So I am a career growth coach. I help people move their careers forward. But before I did that, I was a leader for talent acquisition. I live in Texas. I've got two amazing young men in my house. I've been married for a really long time. And for fun, I hang out with my neighbors. We've got a really good community. We do a lot of things together. And today I actually am in New York City and I went to museums all day. There we go. There we go. So what are some of the things that you and your neighbors do together? Because I'm 23, kind of emerging into adulthood. And I feel like community has been an extremely hard thing to come by as an adult. So if you would like to share, please. So we're really lucky. We are all different ages, all different family types, some kids, not kids, but we have Sunday fun day. So that, especially during football season, but we usually do potlucks on Sundays and we all come together and eat as a community. Um, During crawfish season, we'll buy a couple hundred pounds of crawfish and invite the rest of the community together and we'll eat and um, hang out. But I think that for us, it's really about how can you help your neighbors? We've got this great group text. If somebody needs eggs, like it goes out on the text, like I need eggs or butter or vanilla or whatever it is. And um, we all come together and help each other out. It's a really amazing place to be. I don't think that you find it very often. I love that. I love the hundreds of pounds of crawfish, especially. Uh, It is good (laughs) for sure. Awesome. And so you help people move their careers forward, but before that you were uh, kind of a leader in the recruiting space. Yes. Yes. So I ran talent acquisition for a $2 billion company I had a front row seat to watching careers rise and fall. So unfortunately, sometimes I knew that you were going to be losing your job before you knew you were going to be losing your job. And for me, you know, having a team that I led, I always wanted to build transparency and I wanted to help people get ahead of the game. So I believe that there are kind of eight key narratives that you need to move your career forward. And somebody's going to tell you where to put the decimal point, how to do the job, where to put the sweater, how to do whatever it is that you need to do, but they don't always tell you how to advocate for yourself how important networking is, what kind of relationships you need to build. And so I really help people who are kind of feeling stuck in their careers and not quite sure what's next for them in corporate America. I work with them to figure out what's next, whether it's staying within your organization and moving forward or making that difficult decision that you need to make a change. Gotcha. I love that. And so hmm, what is the most important thing about networking? Because I feel like maintaining professional relationships is also a really important thing to learn because you don't want to just kind of 
touch base randomly it's like you need to have a like value add when you meet with people and so what are some like tips and tricks that you have for people to like keep the relationship engaging and interesting without being like uh just ask 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 all the time so you need to approach the relationship looking for how you can help which means you've got to be a good listener you need to take things in when somebody tells me that oh, I've got a birthday next week or my kid's got a birthday or whatever it is. I have always gone to my Outlook and put that information into Outlook. So I can email or text someone that I talked to three years ago. I've got a little reminder section set up and just say, hey, I was thinking about you. I think you've got a birthday coming up this week. Wanted to wish you a happy birthday. It's really about the little things. And if you can listen for the little things and jot them down as they come along and then make yourself memorable. But the biggest thing you could do from a networking standpoint is think about how you can help people. And so when, what I love to do is try to be the connector for people. If somebody needs to know someone, if somebody is looking for something, I'm always looking for a way that I can connect someone because they appreciate that. I have, um, I think connections in all sorts of industries, all sorts of businesses. And then when I started my own company, people were excited for me because I gave for so many years that they're like, Hey, I've got this person. They're struggling with their career. Can I send them to you? Yeah. I love that. So focus on the little things and focus on making connections that are going to kind of help them take that next step. And you never know, right? Like you do something little for someone and five years later, they remember you. It is not about looking for how other people can help you, but about how you can help them. Mm. I love that. Well, awesome. Tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? So two things. I've got a really sweet, amazing family. These kids, I live with, I, well, I practically live with three men now, like they're, their curiosity and their excitement for life is really exciting. And then as a coach, it's really about asking a question that I don't know the answer to and someone coming back and having that moment where they're like, that changed everything for me. When you can ask someone a question and it spurs something on for them, it, it, it can be a game changer for them. And and it's really fun to see people have ahas. Yeah. And where do you find those good questions come from? Like, are they just, you got some blanket questions, like what is, what's the meaning of life? Or does it really come from listening and understanding? It comes from listening to this. Again, we're back to the small things, right? It comes from listening to those moments where they emphasize a word or they really pause with a big question and and then asking them, you know, where that pause came from or why do you, why do you think you emphasize that moment and and what were you feeling or what did that mean? But a great coach asks questions that they don't know the answer to because we believe that we don't have the answers. We're trying to help you find your answers. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. Cool. I like a good question. I think there's this book called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. I think I've heard of that. It's it's a really good book. It's more about um, helping you regulate your emotions by understanding mm-hmm. like what questions you're asking yourself, which is producing the answers that are producing your emotions. But I think it's a very similar thing. If you change the questions you ask the people close to you or the people who are in business relationship with you, it'll also change those relationships and inevit- inevitably change your life. So I really like that concept of 
asking a great question. One of my favorite questions is what else could be true? Mm. Right. So we're going through a situation. Somebody's not feeling great about something. And and we do make up these stories in our head, right? Because we don't know the answer. So it's just human nature to say, well, he doesn't like me or my boss doesn't like me or I'm not going to get promoted because of corporate politics, whatever the case may be. And I'll say, what else could be true in this situation? What's what's the most outlandish thing you can think of that can be true? And then we'll kind of start to work our way backwards and sometimes find you know, that we're in a place that's not really as scary as we thought it was. Yeah. What else could be true? That is such a great question to ask. I feel like um, when you go to what else could be true, I honestly feel like the first couple might still be negative, but then eventually you get to those, like if you start writing down like five, 10, 15 things, that mm-hmm. could be true, it's like, oh, wow, there are so many different perspectives to look at this from. So I really like that. And if they go negative, I'm like, what else? What else? What else? And it's so much fun to go through that process and kind of have people open it up to the positive too. Tell me something positive that could be true. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Well, awesome. What are your dreams and goals? Tell us about your vision for your life and your company. So my vision for my life is to raise two really amazing kids, right? To productive members of society who are really happy, like that can find joy in life. They can find adventure. Um, they will be out of the house. My husband and I, I hope will travel. And then for my company, it's really to help people move their careers forward, to get out of the things that worry them and see the opportunities. When, you know, I sat in the corporate office and listened to people, watch people move their careers forward. I think that there comes this point where we don't know how big we can dream. And I especially love to work with people who never thought that they would be a manager or a director. And now they're thinking, could I be a vice president? Could I be a senior vice president? And what is the bridge to get there? And so for me, it is about that excitement of seeing people want and do more. Mm. The excitement of seeing people want and do more. I feel like um, Tony Robbins says this a lot and a lot of other like just kind of success literature people are mm-hmm. like um, success and happiness requires growth. And I think you're right. positioned really well to see people just grow into their career and grow into who they could be. It's so exciting. You know, I used to lead talent acquisition. So you would bring people in at this level. Um, I brought in a pant designer one time and I saw last week she got promoted to senior designer and she started at the bottom. And now every time I see on LinkedIn, like another promotion for her, it just brings joy to my heart because I knew in that moment when I interviewed her, how special she was Mm. and to see her fulfill not only her dreams of moving from Iowa to New York city, but to fulfill her dreams of being the best that she can be. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Being with people in that journey, it's the dream for a coach. It's the dream for honestly, all of us. All of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, awesome. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Maybe some specific numbers you want to hit, some places you want to travel, whatever it may be. You know, so Bora Bora is on my bucket list. So I definitely want to go there. That's um, something that we're planning in two oh, years. What was it? Bora Bora. Bora Bora. You know, the yep, yep, hut yep. on the water with a glass 
um, floor. That's something that I want to do. And then as far as numbers go, for me, it's not as much about numbers as their growth. So, you know, I've set myself in a, up in a really comfortable situation where I want to help the right people, the people that are really looking for next. I do a little bit of consulting on the side. So I'm doing some talent acquisition consulting and helping people with that because that's just my wheelhouse and what I've always loved because that is also helping people move forward when you make an offer and when you help a recruiter become better at finding that needle in the haystack, that's really fun. But for me, it's about the right person at the right time in their journey, just helping them get to next. Mm. There we go. I love it. If there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards your dreams and goals, mm. who would they be and how would they help you out? So this is really interesting for me. I think that it is a CEO that is really passionate about moving their people forward because I think it would be really fun. What I've always done from a coaching standpoint is help to individuals, but I think it would be really fun to help teams move forward and taking an entire team where there's somebody at the head of the organization who's really passionate about what it takes to move a career, move careers forward and to watch an entire team move forward, I think would be a really fun project. Gotcha. How would it change from moving one individual forward to moving a team of people forward? I think that the world needs to rely on each other more. And when you have an entire team where you have a leader that you know is invested in your growth, that's excited about your growth, and you've got an entire team that is experiencing that. And then a coach provides that unbiased sounding board that they can come to, that they can work out some of their issues. And then they come back together as a team and they're better for their individual work. It just will move them that much further down the road. And so for me, I think it would be exciting to watch people using the tools that somebody's providing for them, understanding the investment that the organization is making in them, and then taking that goodwill and putting it towards teamwork sounds really exciting to me. And it's not where I thought I wanted to be. I really thought I just wanted to coach individuals, but I've been watching um, like one or two people that work together, get coaches and see how, because they both have a, a coach, how they're moving forward faster than the rest of the team. Yeah. Yeah. So would it be a combination of like individual and team training if you went to that level to work with a CEO or would it be mainly consulting the team of like, hey, here's how you use these tools. Here's how you work together as a team. For me, it's about them getting the individual coaching they need so that they can move together as a team. And there might be some team building and that kind of thing. But I think when everyone has the same advantages when everyone is is getting that time to work on their own skills then that it builds an awareness to others and then when they've got that awareness they know i'm working on this i know you're working on your things whatever they may be you start to see them collaborate better i got you i got you okay that makes a lot of sense so you're you're a one-on-one gal all the way i like one-on-one i mean i led teams for years and i have i i can do team building and it's a lot of fun but your company has a goal. Your boss has a goal. Your boss's boss has a goal. How do you keep your values aligned and be respectful of your peers' values and move towards the same goals? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And 
what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you out? So you meet Sally at the grocery store and Sally's like, Susan, I really want to help you do everything that you want to do. What would you tell her? I would tell her, first of all, provide goodwill towards your peers, right? Goodwill is like a karma thing. It feeds you back a hundred different ways, but they can follow me on LinkedIn, the network concierge on LinkedIn. They can like, share, they can ask questions. I do, you know, a lot of little one-offs and help people just understand what I do. So I had a conversation with a woman last week. She had a question. Next thing I know, she's like, okay, signed up for a full coaching package, which was amazing, but it wasn't why we met. We met because she was curious about what I did. And people, a lot of people don't know what coaches do. They don't understand how it works. So if you've got a coach, talk about how your coach has helped you because if it's not me that they sign up with, there's another coach down the road who is working really hard to drive their business and it might help them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what are some of the most important things that we kind of touched on them earlier in the beginning of the Mm -hmm, podcast, mm -hmm. but that people can do to really start taking initiative in their career and start moving it forward. When you think about your career, there are a lot of things I talk about. There are eight, you know, key points that I talk about with my clients, but one big thing that you can do is make sure that you've got really good self-awareness. So it is asking the difficult questions. A lot of times when you are struggling, it's easy to go underground or when you are winning, it's easy to think it's all coming towards me. But to ask people like, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? If you were to give me a reference today, how would you grade me on my performance? Because that self-awareness is going to tell you where you need to get better. And to really take that information in and listen to it and then think about how you can move forward. Another thing that I think is really critical is advocating for others. Mm. When you advocate for others, really deep down, you're advocating for yourself. Like it shows your leadership. It shows how you can support others and help them be successful. And when you're helping other people be successful, you are learning from the experience. You're getting just so much from that experience, from the standpoint of somebody realizes that you've seen talent in someone else. Somebody realizes that you can have conversations with other people that you're investing in other people. When you invest in other people, it always pays you back. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. What goes around comes around. Always. Yeah. Always. I have a networking group that I grew, um, I started out with one of my competitors because there is this idea of I've got to get the next promotion. I've got to get the next job. I've got to get whatever it is. I've got to have it. And people don't believe in abundance. And so we created this networking group. It's I think it's got like 19,500 followers. And the whole idea was we need to teach people how to fish. So we need to teach you how to have conversations with your competitors in a environment where you're not afraid that they want something else from you. So you show up for coffee, but pre-COVID, we used to have in-person events. So we'd have 40 events across the country and you would show up and it would be like, there's no recruiting today. It's just talking to people, just talk to people, find commonalities, understand what they do, think about how you can help them. And there, we did it for no reason, but to help other people. And it's paid us both back a million times over. Yeah. And it wasn't the intent. No, I love that. I think um, 
when you get into like success and abundance mindset and getting out Mm -hmm. of scarcity and just like the paying it forward and doing kind things for people just to be kind, like it's honestly what the best parts of life are made of. Like, that's it. You do those things, you feel good immediately for just adding value to somebody's life. And then it starts to like, you put out so much, like the law of reciprocity makes it come back in, in overwhelming ways often. So you're exactly right. Like just doing something kind. I mean, it gets your brain going, it gets you excited, but it also helps someone else. And, and it is, the world is about being memorable, right? Like how you do something for someone and they're going to remember you down the road. And, and if they don't return the favor to you, they return the favor back to someone else. And life is hard, right? Like it's, life is not easy. We're all trying to, I believe we're all trying to do the best that we can do. And, and so we need to rely on each other. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Have you ever read the book? Who, not how? I don't think I read who, not how. Mm. That's a good Do I need book. to put it on my list? I think so. I think you probably used the concept pretty well in your life, but it's a good book that's just like, we all have our genius zone. We all have our zone of genius. And it's like, you need to be thinking about how to surround yourself with people whose zone of genius isn't yours so that you can all be operating in your zone of genius kind of together as a team. And it's just a good book. I like it a lot. But instead of asking, oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, when I led teams, I hired people that were different from me. So I had, and it, and it did two things for me. Number one, when you lead somebody that's different from you, when they're on your team, it's a little scary, right? Like they yeah. need something different than you are used to giving. So it makes you a better leader. But also when you are struggling, they can step in. Yeah. And you can say, I've got this project we're going to work on, or I've got this idea that I need to flesh out and they can compensate for your weaknesses and you can do the same for them. So you're constantly teaching each other and making each other better. So it's not about being them. When people are managers, it's it doesn't work well. But when you're leading a team and you're expecting to learn as much from them as they're learning from you, that's when you start to feel the payoff. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Yeah, good old teamwork. Good old teamwork. I just I love the collaboration that is possible. Um, even though we don't we're not always doing it, mm-hmm. you know, because I think we've we've pit each other against each other too often and we go in with scarcity instead of abundance, but the collaboration that is possible in the world to like make stuff happen, like success is a team sport, life is a team sport. Right. It's a beautiful thing. Right. I did a video this morning. It was like, are you worried about corporate to politics, right? If you're worried about corporate politics, you're not stepping up to your leadership capabilities because part of leading is saying the unpopular, making difficult decisions, yeah. having difficult conversations. And when you're worried about the corporate politics, you're you're not leading. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Okay. And our first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Book, movie, or podcast. So, book, movie, or podcast. There are so many. So, I love, I don't know if you've ever heard of Microfamous. It's a podcast. He talks a lot about um, all the little things you've got to do to, um, as an introvert, which I'm not an introvert, but for some reason, he's just got 
amazing ideas about driving businesses and podcasts. I like um, Big Potential, and that really talks a lot about the teamwork. Um, there's so many things I like. I like, I'm constantly reading. I'm in the middle of Catalyst right now. Have you read Catalyst? I've not. It really talks about why we can't come together and compromise because people are so far on one side that it's hard to see other people's ideas and the reason I, the reason why they believe in things. And so it is about getting to know people as people before you start to change their mind, because you just really can't change people from this side of the spectrum to this side of the spectrum. You've got to humanize things. Mm. I think you just answered a question we'll be asking later, but we're going to ask it again anyway. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And what is one way you like to take care? And that's a book, Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? I've had the same running partner for, I think, 11 years. There we go. There we go. And so she is like a metronome. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for sure. Tuesday and Thursdays, usually. I think we've done... I don't know, six or seven half marathons together, but running is just a way to get out. We have done it as early as four in the morning, depending on what life brings to us. And I think it's always also where I have my best ideas is always on my run. I can flush out an entire, if we're running far, we don't talk. So I can flush out an entire presentation when I used to be on the speaking circuit, I can flush out an entire presentation in a run. Mm. I like that. And how far would y'all run? Six miles, seven miles, 10 miles, two miles? It depends. So I live in Texas, right? So in the summer, it's three to four, and then it's up to 15 in the winter. Dang. Kudos to you. I struggle with running, mainly because I don't have patience. And so like, if I was going to go do cardio, I would do sprints instead mm -hmm. of like a long jog. Like I would just go sprint up a hill do it 10 times Fine. i'm gonna be tired but like jogging for like 30 minutes an hour it just gets me <laughs> it's an but, endurance thing but it's a little bit of a mental game too right like it is, yeah. it is that whole piece of what am i going to think about today if, if we're just doing three or four miles you know we can talk and go but if it's a long run it I, i'll kind of think about like what does my week need to look like or what are the big events coming up and I, i'll kind of work through those yeah yeah, no, I like that. I've heard that a lot. You know, I had a guy on the podcast not too long ago. He just extremely disciplined entrepreneur. Like, you know how entrepreneurs can either tend towards like David Goggins or they can tend towards like, I'm trying to think of somebody who's more of a casual entrepreneur. I don't know, but the more casual side, you have David Goggins and then you have like casual, like normal people. <laughs> and um, this entrepreneur was really intense and he said i'd never ran in my life in july i ran two miles and couldn't do it I, I was near death basically and in the beginning of september two months later he ran a 42 mile run no 42 miles no. <laughs> i was like dude what you, you you tell me you like ne went from never running running two miles and dying to a 42 mile run. He was like, it's mental. I was like, all right. <laughs> that is 
some mental agility there. I, my husband did Boston a few times. He can, he did top 100 in Dallas. Like he did under three, but I just have like, for me, it was about the distance and I never went, my longest run was like 16. I, I don't know. That's pretty intense to go that far that fast. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he just kept harping on the mental. He was like, if, I mean, I couldn't run two months ago and now I can, and it's all mental. And you take that same mental endurance to entrepreneurship. And I'm like, this guy's intense. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. What is one action step you can take right now or continue to take to meet? Uh, who did you say needs to meet? A CEO, CEO passionate about helping a team move forward. I think it's about networking. I think it's about talking to people. I think it's this here today, right? You never know who's listening. You never know who is ready to invest in their team. And they know that it's really about their executive team versus just one or two people. So I think every day I'm thinking about it. Like I do a lot on LinkedIn. I give a lot of ideas and stuff away for free. And I, I'm constantly helping people. I'm having a conversation tomorrow with somebody that's in a, um, a hospital that's got some stuff going on. I've got some stuff happening with um, a nonprofit, but you have to give before you get. So that's always what I do. And I think that it's about networking. It's always about networking for me. And is this CEO the CEO of like a Fortune 500 company? Is it the CEO of a smaller company? Like what level are you looking at? Either? Either. I, I You know, either. I, I've worked with huge organizations. I've worked with small organizations. And for me, it's not about the size. It's about the needs of the individual. And when a leader is excited about their team moving forward. I'm excited for them. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. You know, I think I may have the perfect referral for you, but um, I'll tell you after the show. Awesome. That'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. See? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but it just came to mind. So glad we talked about it. That's how All it right. works. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, now we're going to jump to our final couple of questions. Famously named the final couple of questions. And the first one's going to be, what is, oh, I did not send these beforehand. Okay. So if you're not feeling good about answering them or you don't want to answer, like totally feel free to be like, I'm just going to pass. That's totally Okay. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'm pretty open. I was um, raised by a family that said, you can do anything you want to do. You can be president of the United States. Um, And so for me, I think probably my biggest limiting belief is I didn't realize being an entrepreneur, how much you had to be on social media, how much you had to put yourself out there. And in my last organization, probably my proudest moment was the COO said that I was the best salesperson in the entire company. And I didn't sell. I wasn't on the sales team. I was the talent acquisition leader, but you know, it is a lot of pictures of myself and it was something that I really had to get over to get out there and start talking to people. And I love to sell. I can sell anyone else, but it's taken me a while to get here to sell myself. Mm. I love that. I love that. And do you have any actions that you still do from day to day? You know, you don't have to do them on a daily basis, but mm-hmm. it can be weekly, monthly or whatever that you think reinforce this limiting belief or have you kind of like 
gotten rid of those actions. Yeah, I try not to let things linger, right? Like it is about, you know, so I did a photo shoot last week, not my favorite thing. I don't really like to be in front of a camera, but I know it's part of the business, right? And I know that when I put something out on LinkedIn, if it's got a picture on it and it's got a really good um, message, it's going to get more attention than something that they just scroll past without a picture. So I'm going to do what I have to do because that's how you get ahead, right? That's how people do it. That's what I'm going to ask of my clients. I'm going to ask them to do the things that they need to do. So I can't let things get in my way either. Yeah. I love that. And so you said your limiting belief was like not realizing how much you need to put yourself out there, get yourself mm -hmm. on social media. Mm -hmm. What stories did you start to tell yourself? What thoughts did you have to really mm, help yourself overcome that limiting belief and start doing it consistently? So the story I was telling myself is nobody wants to see another picture of me, right? Like, do I need another picture? Do they want to see another picture? Are they sick of me yet? But one of the things that I realized is, you know, the people that I'm connected to probably only see 2% of the posts that I'm doing out there, see 2% of the podcasts that I'm putting on my LinkedIn. But every time someone likes or shares, it goes beyond my network. It goes beyond the people that I know to someone else. And I work really hard on aligning my messages to help others. And so even if I never touch them personally, if I gave them a message that helped them in that day, it's amazing. I do a weekly email to my subscriber list and I can't tell you how often people e email me back and say, I needed this today, or this message really touched me. And so if I can help someone else move their career forward, even if they never come to me to be their coach, it's a pretty good feeling. I love that. Uh, I was like recently doing the I think it's called the Thrive Challenge with Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And I, I think Dean was talking, it was either Dean or Brendan Richard who was talking about, we have our circles and we have our like comfort zone. And then mm -hmm. we have our like zone of like discomfort, like this isn't comfortable. And then you have like the stretch zone. It's like the service zone. And we'll go so far outside of our zone of discomfort to serve people so I really like how you focus on what your message is going to do, how it's going to help people. And then it allows you to quash that limiting belief of like, uh, nobody wants to see another picture of me. It's like, but if it helps one person, it's worth it. So I love that. There are so many people out there who don't believe that they can move forward, who have the boss that's telling them that they can't. And, you know, it is important to take feedback, but it's important to take feedback from your entire circle, not one person that is, you know, sharing a negative message with you. And so if I can just be that one moment where somebody can breathe and say, there might be something else, what else is true? There's another option. If we've never met and it helped them move forward, it brings me just joy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, awesome. We got one last question for you. Okay. So there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Mm -hmm. I actually found out from a guest on the podcast, his name was Dr. Alan Laika, that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Now, I want you to think about a person with a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. Mm -hmm. How can we, you and I, Create an environment because we can't make the choice to change for them. Mm -hmm. They have to make that choice. But how can we create an environment to salt their oats 
and help them make that choice? I think a couple of things. It kind of goes back to the what else can be true. Yep. Asking questions, understanding where they're coming from, understanding where, you know, where their mind map is. Like, you know, you go to the edge of what you know, and then you have to think about the possibilities. And when I think about um, dreamers, how big is big? And so if you can just help someone with a question that gives them another possibility, another idea, some inspiration, they might start thinking a little beyond their mind map. And it's scary to go beyond what you know, but we always talk about how we only know what we know. How do you help people understand? And I think that it's asking really good questions, setting examples, um, talking about our fears, right? People sometimes think that they're the only people that have fears. We all have fears. There's yeah. something we're all afraid of. And and talking about how we've crossed hurdles is important, but it, it is about building relationships and understanding what their concerns are and asking questions that challenge that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Back to the good questions. I, I was a recruiter for years, right? So I interviewed people. So I love questions. Yeah, I love the idea of asking a question. I, when I when I was, you know, recruiting, I loved asking a question and somebody saying at the end, "Well, I never in intended to tell you that, but you were like, okay, I've just hit the jackpot. I've just found out something about you that you didn't plan to share. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad, but you could see them kind of." breathing differently and thinking about themselves differently, even in an interview. Mm, yeah. I love that. I, I think somebody on the podcast was answering. I've switched this question around a little bit, but it's still getting at the same thing. And they were like a well-timed question mm -hmm. it really kind of help people salt their oats, change their life. And I think it holds true. I think it mm, holds true. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Susan, that is all we got for you. Is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? I, I'm so excited. I think you do a great job. I love your podcast. I would love for people to go to my website, the networkconcierge.com, check out my weekly newsletter, which is focused on your forward career momentum. And if there's anything I can do for you from a networking standpoint, I hope that you'll ask. Awesome. Well, Susan, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was fun to me. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what she had to say, make sure to check her out. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. And thank you guys for watching. Catch you on the next episode. On that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.